everyone. Welcome to Backstory Sessions. I'm your host, Matt. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hey everybody, it's Pat, and I want to welcome you to this episode of Backstory Sessions. I'm joined today by my co-host, Matt. Hey, Matt. Hey, Kat. Hey, everyone. How are you? Well, Merry Christmas, Matt. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you as well. Yeah, we've uh, made it to the end of Season 7, and it's, you know, kind of cool that it ends on Christmas. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's just the way it worked out. And we're going to release it uh, yesterday or two days ago, but uh, yeah, we had a little issue with the uh, power here, and I couldn't edit the episode. So, well, I think a lot of people can relate to that because there were like a lot of you know power outages and things like that across the U.S. Really, it's quite a storm. Um, yeah, certainly not a day you want to lose power when it's like. Uh, minus two here and you know minus 20 wind chills or whatever it was yeah it's um you know very unusual uh, for this time of the year in kentucky but um you know we by all accounts have survived uh yep uh haven't had any issues with power and uh you know as far as i know santa's on his way well, um, you know, some people said they're hanging stockings and you were getting two of them. And, uh, you know, I suspect one of them is for lumps of coal. So. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the coal is good. I can burn it, I guess. That's right. right. I mean, you know, I, I think that is like people take that gift so negatively. But really, I mean, that could save your life. That's true. I mean, if you're a kid, though, you don't want coal. Well, I mean, if you're a kid that's freezing to death, you might. True. Or what if you're a pyromaniac kid, you know? I'm just saying, like... (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Or or what if you're, like, an Ernest T. Bass kid? That's right. You want to whip some coal through the air. Well, you know, coal's a little bit heavy, depending on the lumps that you get, I guess. Right. uh, yeah. Did you ever have coal, like, you know, like to have to go out and shovel coal to, like, heat your house or whatever? You know, I can't remember. I mean, I've, I've been in houses that had coal bins, and I know there was a, there may have been one house, like, years and years and years ago that I lived in that was, you know, had a coal-fired furnace, but I can't really recall. we did have um when i was little uh, a coal pile it was called and you know the little coal bucket uh my mom because my dad you know was away a lot uh, over a truck and so my mom and you know i guess our assistants although it was probably very minimal um you know would go out and get the coal bring it in yeah, I I remember you know we've had we had fireplaces and a few houses, but uh, 
Um, I can't really recall any coal. Well, coal keeps the lights on, you know. That's right, yeah. Well, I mean, Christmas is, I think, one of those holidays where you just naturally have a lot of memories of, you know, maybe gifts that you got or people that you spent that holiday with over the years. And it changes, though, doesn't it? Like, the way you look at it when you're a child. Oh, yeah. When you're a kid, it's like, yeah, Christmas. Now it's like, ugh, Christmas. (laughs) 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 No, I don't. I mean, are you, you know, there's still the music, like, you know. Yeah. But it, like, starts so early. I guess with me, that's the big thing with Christmas is that, um, and even this year, it seemed like it started, like, in September yeah, or something. Like, you right know, after people, Labor Day, yeah. Yeah, that people were just, like, in the Christmas spirit and putting up the trees. And So, I don't know. If things go on too long, to me, they kind of lose a little bit of the yeah. magic. Yeah, it's certainly commercialized. So. Yeah, so, you know, this is... Uh, not been a banner season for me and um so it definitely does not really feel like christmas but i'm certainly happy to be here you know yeah yeah i know you you know i was sick for a couple weeks and you've been sick for a little bit and um you know hopefully after the you know after christmas and get through the holidays and stuff we both start feeling better and you know, we start a new season in January, and uh, yeah, season eight. Yeah, Can you believe it. I mean, yeah, this that, one, this one is going to be hard to top. I think this is a, this is a really. I, I mean, this has been a great season. We've had so many really uh, just interesting guests, and um. I will say, though, I mean, we have the lineup for at least the first half of next season, and it's looking pretty good, too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, we have a bunch of episodes recorded already, and uh, certainly an interesting mix of people. Yeah, so I, I can't wait. And, like, on our episode today, I've been really looking forward to this. And it's really a nice ending to Season 7. Um, Judy Norton, who played Mary Ellen Walton on The Waltons, of course. Yep. Uh, she's our guest. And my dad, um, he loved The Waltons. So, um, the last Christmas, actually, that uh, I spent with him which I didn't know was going to be last Christmas, like you never, you know, never really do. But, um, you know, he wanted the box set of the Waltons. And uh, (laughs) so that's that's what I got him. And, um, you know, I wish, uh, of course, that he could be here and hear the interview. And I know that he would be so excited to, you know, know that I got to talk to Mary Ellen um, but it's the Waltons is just one of those like generational shows. I think that you know parents and grandparents and kids and just a, a lot of people. It was a family show. Oh yeah, for sure. It's like Little House on the Prairie and 
I probably watch that show a little bit more than the Waltons, but, uh, you know, I, I have seen a few episodes. I don't know. I, I just thought, like, uh, the whole ending of the show, like, the good night, Mary Ellen, good night, John Boy, good night, whoever. Dad. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I thought that was a little hokey, but, you know, I know people loved it. Yeah, and I mean, you remember it, you know, like, it's been 50 years, so. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, well, two things. One, like, Patricia Neal, she is a Kentucky uh, lady, and uh, she was the original mother on the Waltons. Right, I remember reading that. Yeah, so, um, you know, definitely a Kentucky connection to that, to the show. And then I think the other thing that strikes me about this is like, you know, watching the Waltons, I was closer in age to the kids, you know, so I related right, know, more yeah. different ones of them. Uh, like John Boy, you know, was a writer. And, yeah. You know, I liked writing and, you know, Mary Ellen was a bit rebellious and, you know, I could be. Um, so, you know, you like... <laughs> Elizabeth had red hair. I always wanted red hair like that. You know, uh, so, I mean, you just pick certain things out. But, um, you know, now, like, we're the age of... <laughs> I was <mother>. trying to... <laughs> like, like, or the grandparents. You know, I'm trying to figure, like, are we even older than John and Olivia were? I don't I don't know. I don't know how old they were in the uh in the... Me either. They had like a whole lot of kids, I mean, you know, but right, yeah. but still, like, you know, we could have a whole lot of kids. Um I mean I point. only have one that I know of, so <laughs> there may be others out there, but I'm not sure. I mean there there could be, you know, like at at this age I'm saying you could have like Oh yeah. You know, sure. So we could potentially be older than the parents. <laughs> well, thanks. Thanks for I know. Uh, pointing that out. Well, <laughs> I know. This is like uh, a little bit depressing if you. Yeah. Merry <laughs> Christmas, cat. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know that we're the age of the grandparents, but we may be somewhere in between there. It's. Uh, but it's just a different perspective thinking about it at this age versus thinking about it when I originally watched it. So You know, I was read, reading something the other day about the Waltons and like, you know, it was like a, a thing about where are they all now. And uh, it's, it's kind of interesting. The um, I, And I didn't know this. The, the uh, grandfather, I think it was Will Gear. Yeah. Who played the the grandfather and then the uh, grandmother? I don't remember her name. But... Ellen. Um, her name first name is Ellen. Okay. Um, I'll take your word for it. But apparently, both of those people were gay. Oh, really? Yeah, I did not know that. No, I would. I I would not have guessed that. Um... Yeah, the grandfather. Uh, he was. Uh, gay rights activist and uh, among other things um you know he was into like uh 
uh, I don't know, animal rights and, you know, a bunch of different different uh, social causes like that. And the grandmother, uh, she lived with a woman for, you know, a really long time, like 60 years or something. And, uh, you know, it was kind of known in Hollywood that they were, that she, at least she was. I don't know about the uh, grandfather because he, um... I assume that people knew it, but, uh, yeah, I just found that really interesting. And not to, you know, not to, like, burst someone's bubble about, like, you know, the grandparents or whatever, but, uh, yeah. Oh, I think it's interesting, you know, especially for 50, if you look at 50 years ago, um, you know, like, um, a lot of, a lot of people may not have been comfortable in, um, yeah, you know, I mean, publicizing that because it wasn't always accepted. Yeah, certainly not in the. I don't know when the show aired. Probably the was it the seventies or. Yeah, so it would have been fifty years ago. Yeah, so it certainly years. wasn't as accepted as it is now. Probably. Eh, probably not. Like, yeah, I I don't think it was very. I didn't really know anything about you know, homosexuality and things like that back then. I mean, I was a, only a kid, but like, right. you didn't hear about it as much, for sure. Yeah, um, so, and, and also it being, you know, the, the Waltons, um, like, I guess you just see the grandma and grandpa's, you know, this yeah. heterosexual couple, and, you know, so it's just really, even though they're actors, like, you just, they're kind of those characters that you see as yeah you yeah you associate the uh you know the character with as a real person yes yes that's that's what i was trying to say there so um yeah, yeah I, I did not know that so but uh you know that, yeah, that I, mean, I, I just found it interesting that you know they were that that wasn't a I mean, I've never heard anyone talk about it, but, I mean, I guess, you know, it was sort of known, but is this interesting? Well, that is interesting, very interesting, and, you know, I wonder, like, when we talk to uh, Judy Norton here in a few minutes, um, you know, I, I wonder if she's going to be like the character of Mary Ellen or... Um, you know, is she going to be totally different from her? A little bit of, you know, a little bit of her and a little bit not her. Um, you know, I always find that interesting. Like, some people are probably a lot like their characters, but then we often, in interviews, you know, people say they love playing people that are totally different from them because it gives them, you know, this escape to be somebody else's life for a while. Yeah, I mean, Loretta Swit was certainly a good example of that. She was very much like the character she played in MASH, I thought. I thought so, too. And and it was just like hearing, you know, Hot Lips' voice. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, with whatever we ask her. So, so it is, you know, it is um, really interesting when you, like, grow up watching yeah. characters and then... You get to actually talk to them and hear how, you know, how they sound the same, but, you know, now they're the actor and right. not the character. 
Sarawak. It's going to be really cool. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, what was your, so changing topics sort of quickly, what was your, like, standout moment of the season? Do you have one? Of this one? I mean, I think Loretta Swift uh, is definitely, like, the first one that comes to mind because of it being our 100th episode and, you know, she was really interesting and it was just I, iconic, I felt like, to get to talk to her. And, oh, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and then we had Artemis Pyle. That was really memorable because yeah. of the timing of it with the plane crash, you know, the and the way we just got, you know, the interview. It just kind of fell into place from our little uh, joking conversation about yeah. how Artemis <laughs> versus Artemis, you know, right, how that yeah. pronounced <laughs> Uh, so I like the backstory of that, and you know, there's just there's been so many. Like, uh, if you just think back, like you could always say, you know, something really interesting about all of the episodes. Um, but those two things stick out for those reasons. What about you? Um, well, I mean, the reunion episode sticks out in my mind because of all the recording and editing that had to go into that one. But yes. it, it was fun. I mean, you know, everybody seemed to really enjoy that one. And, uh, you know, I know the people involved with that episode were really happy to do it. And, you know, that was kind of cool. And then the other thing was probably Jack Williams and his enthusiasm for acting. I mean, he... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah he... Uh, you know, he got a chance to act in one of Kevin Gossner's movies, and, uh, you know, it was just like, he was, like, going to jump into that with both feet, and, you know, that, that was kind of, that was really interesting. I yeah, that was interesting, because, you know, we had talked with him previously, as, you know, about songwriting and singing, and, right. you know, and then, like... He was just so into acting, like, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, see? So I, I think, you know, and the listeners, I'll be interested to see. I think we should ask in the group, um, you know, what is, has been a, a moment for them that sticks out. Um, yeah, oh, and then talking to Vernon again. Oh, yes, he's, yes. He's always so much fun to talk to. He really is, so... You know, we could just go on and on. Yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> so, and, and we often do. Yeah. <laughs> like in this episode. <laughs> but, you know, we have crossed over the 100 downloads and, uh, I mean, the 20,000 downloads, uh, over 100 episodes. I mean, this has been a um, successful and memorable season. And yeah, I mean, I, I posted this in the group, but I mean, I don't know. There's, I'm sure there's people who don't, you know, aren't in the Facebook group or whatever. And if you're not, you should join. I mean, that's exactly. I was gonna say that. <laughs> that but time. um, I, you know, I, I can look at the stats of like, uh, you know, the episodes and you know, downloads and all the you know numbers associated with it and stuff. And uh, one thing that I found really interesting is, um, you know, 
as a, like from December 1st to the 19th, I think is when I last looked, um, we were heard in 71 different countries, which was really cool. Wow. And, it, you know, uh, some more than others. I mean, you know, we there might be a few with like one or two or whatever. But, um, you know, one or two people who listened. But, uh, you know, then we have other ones like Canada and, you know, there might be 80, 90, whatever. So... I mean, most of them are from the U.S., of course, but uh, it's just interesting that we're heard so far from, you know, central Kentucky. Well, you know, I I said all along, like, you be friendly with people, and they're going to embrace that. So I feel like when I was saying hello to different countries, (laughs) you know, that's what started all this, I feel like. Um, you know, I may not have said it exactly the best, but they knew, like, I was trying, and I think they appreciated that. So, um, yes, that yeah. could be the reason. I mean, we, you know, we we're doing pretty well before we started doing that, but, you know, certainly more since then. Yeah, just, you know, it's just that little added. You know, extra. Right, yeah. And, people. Yeah, and we're doing pretty good around the U.S. Uh, we haven't hit all 50 states yet, like in like all 50 states in one month or whatever, but uh, mm-hmm. at last count we were at 44, so that was pretty good. That's, that's, yeah, really good. I mean, so we, you know, I mean, we still have time. Um, maybe if we can identify those states that we're not <laughs> in, like, you know, do something to get them involved before December's over. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of people are without power and stuff, so they're probably not listening to anything, so. Well, you know, uh, hopefully that resolves after uh, a day or two, and. Yeah, for sure. I only hope that um, winter is about over with. That's (laughs) that's what I hope. (laughs) Yeah, that would be nice, but. Mm Anyway, uh, so yeah, we'll uh, talk to Judy Norton and uh, uh, see what, you know, see what she's been up to. Well, and I just want to say to everyone out there listening, you know, I hope that they have a very safe and happy holiday and uh, look forward to seeing them in the new year. Yes, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, everyone. We'll talk to you all soon. Judy Norton, I want to welcome you to Backstory Sessions. I'm so excited to have you as our guest today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I guess that um, for a lot of your life, people, and maybe still, like, there's Mary Ellen Walton. Um, Do you still get that? Oh, yes, absolutely, all the time. Uh, Did you know, like, when you started uh, the Waltons, did you anticipate it was going to grow into uh, the phenomenon that it did? Oh, absolutely not. Um, anytime you, you do a show, you assume that's going to be it. <laughs> so it was, and because we initially uh, were doing, were originally hired to do the homecoming, which was just meant to be a CBS 
holiday, you know, Christmas movie. So that was our first, you know, just our first experience in it. So it wasn't even originally meant to be a pilot and certainly nothing about a possible series. But then it it grew from there and we were fortunate enough that uh, the producers pitched it to CBS as a series and CBS took a chance on it. What do you think it was about the show that made it um, so special to viewers so that it did have a long run? Um, You know, it's really hard to predict that uh, or understand what what appeals to an audience. But from things I've heard from our fans over the years, it, it was the way it depicted real life a real family uh, that people could relate to. They could relate to characters at all ages because we dealt with a multi-generational family. Um, they were events that, although we were set in the Depression and World War II, they were issues that families and people deal with in all eras. So, I mean, you know, today here we are. We have, we just we have different struggles, and families struggle to to deal with tough times, uh, problems within the family. Um, so those universal core issues, and I think that we represented positive things and um, that I think it gave people hope, it gave them comfort um, for people who had a family that was like that. It was, they enjoyed watching, watching something that they were also experiencing. And for many people who didn't have that kind of a family, they said it gave them an example of what a family should be and something for them to aspire to in the future, maybe when they had their own family, uh, which is very, uh, I think, touching to us to feel that we set that kind of an example. Yeah. So in your own um, family and backstory, like, did you grow up with a lot of siblings or? No, I have one brother and one sister. Um, my mother's from England, so uh, she didn't have a really large family, but any extended cousins or, or um, aunts, uncles were pretty much still in England. My father was from Canada, so same thing. All of the relatives on that side uh, were in Canada. So it was pretty much just us as a nuclear family, and unfortunately my parents divorced when I was quite young, so uh, it was that kind of a family from the time I was quite young and um so when did you start acting or when did you um, know that this might be a path you wanted to pursue when i was young um like many little girls um, my sister and i both took dance classes and i enjoyed that Uh, i was always playing at make-believe with my my friends at school, uh, you know, we'd get together and we'd make up imaginary stories and we'd, you know, just create right. our own little little world in, in playtime. And then from there, from the dance classes, uh, my sister and I started working with an, a bit of an acting coach. And my father found out through people he worked with who had children doing some work in the industry about how to how to get us started, how to get, how to find an agent. There used to be a, uh, an extras guild 
and he signed us up for that. So I remember doing initially some background extra work and then started to audition for parts and it just sort of grew from there. Uh, I always really enjoyed it. So for me, it was, it, it's always been about make-believe, bringing aspects of your imagination to life. So it's hard work a lot of the time. There's a lot that goes into it, but for me, it was just magic to, to take something off a page and bring it to life and to have this amazing group of people to do that with. So when you saw the character of Mary Ellen um, to audition for, did you feel like some kind of kindred spirit with that character or is she more different um, than alike? Uh, at that point in time, I, w I was 13. And I think at that point in my life, I, I did really relate to her because I, I was very much a tomboy growing up. I was all, most of my life, my sports, sports have been my hobbies. So I always love being involved in sports. I'm very competitive. Um, so that part of Mary Ellen, the tomboy aspect, I really related to. And I think there was really an inner rebel in me that uh, didn't have the nerve to come out in real life. <laughs> I didn't like to get in trouble. Um, so to be able to express that through a character, uh, there often were on-screen ramifications for Mary Ellen, but there weren't for me in real life, which was nice. I mean, I did go through a few rebellious stages for real in life, and I did, you know, pay various consequences for those and learned that perhaps that wasn't the best way to deal with situations. <laughs> but I love the dynamics of the, of, you know, I had siblings, and my sister said when she used, when she would look back at this series, she, she would, she told me this recently. She said, I, I didn't know what the big deal was. Well, you know, you were just, what was the big deal about you playing yourself? It was just like you were just a bratty, my bratty sister in real life. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I, I think uh, how cool that is to get to break some of the rules and, you know, explore that side with the consequences being, you know, contained to the set and, um, I had not thought about that aspect of of playing the character. Um, did you ever want to be a nurse, or I did not. That that's something that uh, science was never never my area, um, and biology, science, um, not my strongest subjects. And and uh, yeah, it, I, I don't have any particular problem with you know, with blood and things like that. But it it, it wasn't. It just wasn't me. It wasn't a path. And by the time um, I was at a point in my life where I would be making those sorts of decisions in school, what did I want to do? What path did I want to follow? I was already well into the series so and was loving what I was doing and obviously was having success at it. So I didn't see a reason to, to switch paths. You know, for some of the others, uh, you know, for Cami Kotler, who was very young when she started, when the series ended and she started to explore potentially other acting jobs, you know, she didn't like the whole auditioning process, which I totally understand. It's, it's not a pleasant um, sort of thing to have to go through, to always be having to go and prove yourself constantly and have people judge you and find you wanting more times than not. <laughs> you know, you're not the right height. You're not the right look. You have freckles. You're whatever. Um, it's, 
And that isn't something we may all be judged in whatever line of work we do. But um, imagine if you had to go to work every Monday, every Monday morning and audition for your job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and most of the time as an actor, you audition and you do a job that probably doesn't last all that long. And then you're back to auditioning for your next one. And that is not necessarily the way um, that the average person deals with their life, especially at that point in time in the 50s, 60s, 70s, you know, people tended to pick a career and often stayed with companies for a long time. You know, not so much the case now, but yeah, it was just a different, it was a different environment. Did you get along like all the brothers and sisters? Um, like that's a lot of kids to put together, a lot of personality. So, um, yeah. Were you like typical brothers and sisters or? Yeah, we are like a family. It, we actually are still very, very close. We, we, we talk, we see each other. Um, we love getting together. We call it family time. And we love that. That's very precious to us because often if we're getting together, it's because it's some sort of a public event. So there are other people and other demands on our time. So we always try to carve out a little bit of time where we can just go hole up someplace and just have family time you know, where yeah. we're not on or we're not working. And that we really, that means a lot to us. And, and I mean, it's 50 years now. So these bonds are very, they were strong very quickly. I think because we had five weeks filming the homecoming and we really, for those of us who went from the homecoming into the series, which was all of the younger cast and Ellen Corby, and we, those were just already there. So by the time we started the series, there were bonds already. And, and we very quickly grew to bond with Michael Learned and Ralph Waite and Will Gear. And so it was, it was a very special thing. And we just thought it was normal because we were the kids. We went to lunch together every day. I mean, we just thought that was normal. Isn't that what people on shows do? And it was years later before, you know, only along the way, starting to discover that that wasn't necessarily the case with shows. Mm. Um, so really, really lucky and so grateful to have this, these incredible people in my life for all these years. Not to say that we got along all the time, but in the same way, I equate it to my own brothers and sisters, where I might be, you know, upset with one of them, arguing. I'm not talking about them today. But it was never... It was never a serious break. It was always, yeah, I, I'm annoyed with him or her today, but next week it'll be fine. And I know it's still my brother and I still, you know, love him and, you know, whatever. Right. So we had, we, the, it was a strong enough bond that we could weather those sorts of things without permanent rifts. So what was the 50th um, year like? Did you all get together and uh, multiple times or uh, what was... How is that celebrated? It's been challenging because uh, we're still, you know, although we're coming out of all the lockdown stuff, uh, it was difficult to to think about planning large events with a lot of people. And typically, I mean, the cast, we are not the ones who organize these things. You know, someone approaches us and says, hey, we're looking at doing blah, blah, blah. And are you interested? And we explore whether it's something that makes sense to us that we're interested in. And we either say, yes, we will attend or we won't. Um, and it's, it is always a challenge because there are so many of us to right. get us all in one place. Um, so quite often there is a, there's a, 
Walton's museum in uh, Schuyler, Virginia, and the Hamner House, where Earl Hamner grew up, is there, and that is um, a tourist attraction, and they have built a, a bed and breakfast, John and Olivia's bed and breakfast, that is a replica of the Walton House. Wow. Um, on the outside and <clears throat> on the downstairs, the kitchen, the living room is a really, really good replica of the of the set. The bedroom's not quite so much. I think um, John Boy's room is the closest. Um, but though, so people, we have often had gatherings there once a year or different points, and a lot of people were hoping that we would be able to do something for the fiftieth. But it's a it's a challenging spot because there aren't a lot of resources there. There isn't a big, in, there's no hotel close enough to house a lot of people and there's not a, a large enough space to have a gathering. So it's, it's a challenging spot and, and a lot of planning. And again, it was never something we planned. It was planned by the museum or by um, the woman who owns the bed and breakfast. Or, um, so we are, people think, oh, why don't we, the cast, <laughs> like, well, that's, that's not what we do. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of logistics involved. So although it would have been nice, it just certain things were talked about that uh, never materialized. Um, there was a number of the cast gathered in Macon, Missouri for an event the beginning of October. Um, a lot of the cast was there. Uh, I wasn't able to make it. Um, I know a few of them are out this coming weekend to someplace in Alabama for another gathering. Um, so the but probably uh, then we had the one in Hollywood just a couple of weeks ago at the Hollywood Museum, which has um, an exhibit for six months of different items of clothing and and some props and scripts and various different things from the Waltons, from the show. And so the opening of that exhibit was the 17th of November. And um, in person, Richard Thomas was there, Michael Lernan was there, I was there, Eric Scott, who played Ben, Cammy Cotler, who played Elizabeth. So we were all there in person. And then um, John Walmsley, who lives in Cornwall, England, he was there by, via Zoom because there was a panel Q&A that Leonard Malton moderated. And, um, and then Mary McDonough, who played Aaron, sent a lovely video message. And we had some supporting cast who had been, done recurring roles. And then just some other Hollywood celebrities who came to support it. So that was that was a you know bigger a bigger gathering, but not real. Uh, there were some opportunities for photos and autographs, um, but just an after you know a few hours that event. Um, so oh, those are ways in which we sort of nice. celebrated. Yeah, when you um, see all the memorabilia, the costumes and scripts, and uh, I do you have a doll? Um, like, yes. Yeah. So what's that? Um, what's that feeling like? Um, well, some of those there's there's some some pieces I have personally. Like I do have the doll. The dolls I don't think look like any of us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, they just had Grandma and Grandpa, Mom and Daddy, and me and John Boy. Um, and I think they weren't terribly well. They weren't terribly well made. They're not very accurate. I don't think they look like us. <laughs> um, so. I don't think they did very well, which is probably why they didn't finish <laughs> creating the family. <laughs> uh, I mean, any of that stuff is, is sort of nostalgic, and it and it's it's fun. Um, I think probably less seeing the things than 
the museum, the the bed and breakfast was was quite something. I mean, I think the exhibit's lovely to see, and I would certainly recommend. It. It's going to be there for six months, and people, I think, would really enjoy it. There's scripts. There's Earl Hamner's typewriter that he wrote episodes on. Uh, the three Emmys that Michael Learned won for playing Olivia Walton are, are on display. Um, so there's some really lovely things, and I think it is nostalgic. I, I didn't really get to look and study everything that was there. Um, so, you know, all of those things bring back, I think, a different set of memories for us as the cast than people who have watched the show, because we just have a different experience with the show than than the viewer. Hmm. Do you have a um, favorite episode or an episode that you remember for a specific reason? Um, I, you know, I have some top ones. Um, uh, I really like the Easter story when, um, when mama had polio. Um, it was a two hour special uh, and everybody had involvement each member of the family had some sort of a storyline and and some connection to our mother as she was struggling to recover and so i thought there was some really lovely stuff in that um i love the firestorm uh which was the one that we i always say it's the one with the book burning um <laughs> with the where they want to burn the german books and and john ritter uh, who uh, we got to work with for several seasons as our minister reverend fordwick he and richard just had wonderful stuff together and that one I think is very impactful um the one when the house burned the burnout you know because yeah. of it's very memorable because of working with fire throughout the episode <laughs> uh which was you know intimidating um and very realistic so that stands out and watching flames coming out of the house at one night when we were shooting um so things like that stand out to me. Um, I have been, because of my um, YouTube channel that I started talking about aspects behind behind the filming and, and talking about different episodes and characters and relationships and all of that, I've been re-watching a lot of episodes. I still have a lot to go, um, but that's been, because I haven't watched the shows in years and years and years, so when I started this YouTube channel, I quickly got to a point where it there was so much I didn't remember. They said, well, I'm going to have to start watching the episodes <laughs> so I know what I'm talking about because the viewers know it better than, than we do at this point in terms of what yeah. happened in the episodes. And it always amazes me when people say, well, what was what was this? And I'm like, yeah, you were talking 40, 50 years ago. I don't remember. <laughs> um, you know, why did he do that? It's like, I don't know. I was 14. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I know my dad, the, um, the last, uh, Christmas that I had with him that's what he wanted was the box set of the wall that's so, so sweet yeah yeah, he loved yeah. the wall so he would have been one of those I could tell you all the things and um, it's I, I just think it's great that you have so many um, fans of, of so many different ages um, even after all this time absolutely yeah it's um, it's so heartwarming to to hear from people and that's something else that the, the youtube channel has done um is it's given me a chance to interact with really the longtime fans and the people who really love the show and have embraced it and and continued to watch it all these years and 
you know, many people who've seen it four or five times, they just watch the episodes on TV or they have the DVDs or they're streaming it, you know, and it just, so an opportunity to interact with people and, and hear what they have to say. And they have fascinating questions and they have fascinating personal experiences with the show and what it meant to them at times and things they were going through in their life and how it impacted them. So it's, I've learned a lot from, from doing it. Um, so it's, it's, it was started off as a COVID, you know, like a lockdown project to be able to do something to interact with people and, and, and try to share and, and, and give back. And so it was just a bit of an experiment and, and, uh, you know, here I am over two years later, two and a half years into it going, well, okay. And I keep going, ah, maybe I'm done with it. And then I'll, I'll get five or six just stunningly beautiful comments from people. And, and I'm like, oh, I, I can't stop. I can't stop yet. We'll yeah. see. <laughs> maybe, you know, because it's a lot of work. So there's times where I'm like, well, maybe I might back off first if I, you know, when it get if it gets, when it gets to be too much and just maybe do less, but try to continue, you know, so there might be times where that happens. Yeah. I was trying to think, I was trying to think of another show that actually has a museum dedicated to it, but I can't think of any. Um, yeah, I know that there's some, I think there's something, I don't know about a museum, but a little town that sort of, uh, celebrates like Andy Griffith. Yeah. And I, I, I understand there's that. Um, but I don't know what they have, whether they just have replicas of, yeah. of sets or things. Um, and of course there are, there's, um, there's various different sort of Hollywood type museums that honor a right. number of, of shows and stuff. But yeah, I, I don't know if there's other straight up museums. Yeah. I mean, there might be something for Little House on the Prairie in the town where, um, where they, oh, yeah. where yeah, Ingalls maybe. was, you know, yeah. I, I don't know because I haven't really gone to explore that. But you're raising the question, which means it's an opportunity for people to there you go. type in <laughs> and and let us know what, what we might be missing and what we might not know about. That's right. That YouTube channel is going to continue another episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, do we, so was, were the Waltons on around the same time as uh, Little House? I don't remember what the timing of those two were. We were first, and I always say they were copycat. <laughs> <laughs> because we, we came on at a point where there was a lot of pressure on the networks from um, some of the like moral majority groups and stuff like that, complaining sure. about uh, the kind of programming that was that was going on and wanting more family-type programming. And my... My understanding was that CBS actually commissioned the Waltons as a series because it was sort of a pacifier. Oh, well, we'll put this nice little family show on. Nobody right. will watch it, and that'll be the end of it. And we can say, well, we tried, and nobody wanted to see it. Right. <laughs> and it started off in the first season in 1972 at the bottom of the ratings. Wow. And the producers uh, took out ads and went and did, and did interviews and, and just – really with middle America, with the heartland, with the people that were really the audience for the Waltons mm -hmm. um, and the everyday man, you know, not so much. It was never as big in like LA or New York right, or Chicago, yeah. it was, you know, the big cities that, that wasn't who the show predominantly spoke to. Not that there weren't people in those cities that liked it. 
mm-hmm. um, but really the heart of America and said, you know, here's this beautiful show. Don't let it die. You know, it's like we're trying, please watch it, give it a chance. And fortunately, unlike today, our first season, we were given uh, 26 episodes. So wow. we had 26 episodes to gather an audience. You know, today shows might get three or four. Yeah. You yeah know, that's maybe true. maybe six. And if it doesn't do well right away, it's gone. And and we would have been gone if it hadn't been for the twenty six episodes and that's that season commitment. Hmm. Um, and by the end of the first season we were I think number one. So wow. we found our audience and uh, didn't look back for years. That's awesome. Um, and then because of that, then it prompted I think other companies other networks to say oh hey you yeah. know look the waltons is number one so clearly uh, family programming has an audience and so right. that's when little house on the prairie came along and and you know there were some other shows yeah. uh that sort of popped up for periods of time um trying to also uh give audiences more family programming so you you have an, a Christmas album out, I hear. I do. I just released it in November. Um, yeah, that was another sort of lockdown project. I've always wanted to do a Christmas album, mm-hmm. but um, just never got around to it. So when all the lockdown happened and it seemed evident it was going to be longer than a month <laughs> or a couple weeks, <laughs> when reality started to set in and I started thinking... Uh, Okay, there's lots of things I can't do, so what can I do? And so during that, I thought, well, you know, I could could get this CD done because it didn't mean I had to get together in person with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, So it actually was done predominantly long distance, aside from me having to get into the studio to actually record vocals, which I did um, earlier this year. Um, But even still, it was like me in a recording booth, you know, right, <laughs> the engineer yeah. was in the other room. Um, so <clears throat> my producer and arranger and um, is in the Czech Republic. So we did all of that, the arrangements and, and all of that long distance. Wow. Um, so, yeah, and, and it was just, you know, so kind of a labor of love. And um, I had hoped to have it ready for last Christmas, but, you know, we just couldn't get all the pieces together in time. And so I went, well, okay, if it's not going to be, it, it would have been too tight. It would have been like, okay, we can release it in February. It's like, right. that doesn't work. So so that meant we just kind of slowed down and went and decided, well, it'll be for Christmas of 2022. So, um, yeah, so it is on all, pretty much all the major streaming platforms, you know, your Apple Music and iTunes and I think Amazon Music and stuff. So for people who like to stream, um, or if people like hard copies, the only place that's available in hard copy right now is through my website. Um, and if they do order it through my website, I personally sign them. Um, so if, if someone wants it signed and they want, if they want it signed to someone in particular, there's a place I believe where they can make like notes and just tell me who you want it signed to. Otherwise I kind of 
just sign it generically in case it's a gift. Right. I've run into a couple of those where it's like, oh, it's so nice of you to sign it to me, but it's really a gift for someone else. Like, oh, shoot, sorry. <laughs> you didn't write that down. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, okay, I'm going to stop guessing. So if you if you were like, why didn't you sign it to me? Well, it's because you didn't tell me to, and now I'm gun shy. <laughs> Did you write the songs, all the songs on it? No, it's all standard Christmas songs that I grew up listening to and hearing my mom sing growing up and me singing along to the radio and you know all the, you know just so many of the songs that are part of my childhood and I think for a lot of us the magic of Christmas happens more when we're young you know the excitement of, of oh it's Christmas morning and there's mm-hmm. presents under the tree and you know um, and I think it's and then we go through stages if we have children where you know, it's the enjoyment of having Christmas with our children. But, you know, I'm now, my husband and I are empty nesters. And, you know, so it's kind of like, well, he and I going, well, Merry Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> so We should have gone to the Bahamas. <laughs> um, I mean, I just, I love Christmas. So I'm always looking for ways to make it as festive as possible and find ways to make the season special in some way. So that's, that's what these songs are for me. These are the songs when I start playing the radio or I put on, you know, music mm-hmm. around Christmas. These are all the songs that just bring back great memories for me. Is is yeah. snow a uh, a definite must-have at Christmas for you? Uh, no, I've had very few Christmases where I have been in the snow. I, I love the idea of it. I always had this this image. I. I, I love the movie White Christmas, so I always had right. this image of going to some lodge in the snow and there being a show. <laughs> and some of my most favorite Christmases, aside from you know as a kid and with my son and stuff, was when I've been away doing shows at Christmas mm-hmm. because you have this you know quite often you're you're doing shows on Christmas and so you have this celebration that goes on with all these people and you it just to me, it, it that's I love performing, and so getting a chance to combine some two things I love, it's always special. So there have been some some Christmases in the snow, but I'm yet I have yet to have like the lodge with the uh, you know, the whole production. <laughs> oh look, <laughs> it's snowing Rosemary on Christmas Eve. Kay, they're not coming to sing for me this week, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Except on my on my um you know player. <laughs> What song do you need to hear to get in the Christmas spirit? Oh, oh, I don't know. I don't know that there's just one. Um, I mean, probably at the beginning of the season, you know, something like it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas will kind of <laughs> kind of do it. Although I didn't even think of it when I was doing my CD, so it's not on my CD. But um, uh, I, yeah, like many people, I have the the holiday movies that I watch every year that are just part of the holiday tradition. And those include white Christmas and the original Bishop's wife with Cary Grant and David Niven. And it's a wonderful life, of course, which Mm had, you know, Ellen Corby in it. Um, and Eula Bondi who did a couple episodes of the Waltons. Uh, um, you know, so I have my, uh, meet me in St. Louis, which originated, have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, which is one of my favorites, and is on my CD, um, as is White Christmas. Um, hmm. So, yeah. I have so, to, yeah. 
No, no snow this year for me. I'm in California. Yeah, well. <laughs> but not far enough north. <laughs> are you feeling like you are in the Christmas spirit already now that we're in December? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I put up my um, outdoor lights, you know, which I always feel is part of my contribution to the neighborhood. Um, and I had a few neighbors. Uh, I live in a cul-de-sac, and a couple people in the cul-de-sac sent messages going, "Thank you for your lights." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm working on the tree. Um, <laughs> so that's that's the inside still a work in progress. So I just kind of putter around them when I've got a little bit of time. I, you know, last night I put lights and garlands on and a few decorations, and then today I'm like, okay, well I'll put some more decorations and things on, and you know, some stockings are up and. Hmm. We moved last year, so I'm still getting used to, you know, I had routines at my last house, like this goes here and this goes here, and now I'm like, I don't really know this house yet in terms <laughs> of how to decorate it. So I'm still finding my way with that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what other things um, do you have planned for next year? Oh, gosh, next year, you know, you, you uh, you you stumped me. I don't I don't have a a particular plan for twenty twenty three yet. Um, you know, work is still, you know, it's it's erratic. Um, things I had that were supposed to happen during right as lockdown was happening kind of disappeared and haven't rematerialized. Sure. Um, so you know, I'm I'm not chasing work particularly, so it uh uh We'll see. We'll see what materializes. For now, I'll probably continue my um, uh, my YouTube channel. And yeah, yeah, it's like there were things that I took off off my plate this year. We're finishing the Christmas CD, and I had also um, I, another little lockdown project I did was a little short film, um, Space Limbo. That's just that was again a project that with a number of actors and whatnot. That it's like let's do something we can do during lockdown. A small project that you know. So I did this little short film. Um, so, you know, I finished that and that is available on the internet as well on my channel. Um, so, you know, I haven't really, who knows when I get around to my new year's resolutions, we'll see what I, <laughs> we'll see what's on the agenda. I don't really know. Now, you, now I have to think about that. I was just busy trying to get things finished. <laughs> Let me get through Christmas. Exactly. I haven't started my cards yet. You know? I've been trying to handle getting all these CDs out because I totally forgot. I'm like, oh, I was so excited to get CD finished. And then all of a sudden all the orders start coming in just as I left town. Yeah. I went out to do a couple of concerts and, you know, and then I was doing the museum thing in L.A. And I came home and went, I have all these orders to fill. and it's, you know, I have to sign them all. <laughs> Whose idea so, was that? Yeah, exactly. Why didn't Why didn't that occur to me that I was going to have to package all these things up? And then people are going, I haven't got my CD yet. I'm like, I'm so sorry. It's just me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I hope I got your zip code right. <laughs> um, so we had a couple of questions because we asked these in our um, Facebook group about you know, different episodes and uh, just some questions that go along with you know, whatever we're promoting. Like, this will be the holidays, of course. But uh, do you wrap your own presents or do you have someone else wrap them or do you use gift bags? Um, I wrap them or gift bag them. Um, I usually, wrapping presents has always been something I enjoy doing. Uh, so uh, I don't have as many to wrap these 
these days, but um, I yes, wrap my own. Do you okay. think do you think gift cards are a good gift or a bad one? When, yeah. Um huh. Because we went back and forth in the group. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's that's that's a tough question because I in in buying gifts for other people, I find a lot of the people very challenging to yeah to buy for yeah know, to try and figure out what they what they would like and and i hate to give somebody something that they can't easily return right or that they have to return or that they have no use for or they um, already have yeah like uh, my husband's impossible to shop for because he you know he has everything he wants yeah. <laughs> um so yeah we've gotten in the habit of we kind of we literally tell each other what we want mm. or and in many cases because sometimes if I want clothes, he's like, I don't know what to get you. So yeah. I'll go shop. I'll pick out things I want, and then I'll give them to him, and he'll put them in gift bags for me. <laughs> so we do that, which works open perfectly fine. Open them surprise. Oh, yeah, we open them on, and we're happy to have them because it was something we wanted. Hmm. Um, I do, especially now that I don't live close to all of my family, sometimes I do resort to gift cards because yeah. I feel like hopefully it means that they will pick out something that they will enjoy and I, I wish it was more original um, yeah. and I, I actually enjoy shopping but I hate feeling like I have no clue or, or again that I've you know my dad would I'd get him a sweater every year <laughs> like how yeah. many sweaters does he have how many does he want <laughs> does he wear them <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah well um, you know it's certainly uh, gift buying is a is an interesting part of the holidays, and I, I think gift cards are good. Um, you know, like like you said, because a lot of people are difficult to buy for, and some people are so easy to buy for. You know, it's just uh, depends on the I guess the personality, or yeah. some people are like more open to things. I guess. Yeah, and I think that also it depends on what the relationship is if yeah. it's one of those kind of gifts that you get you know in a secret santa or yeah. you know some something that's somebody you want to give them a little something but you're you're just looking for something that lets them know you were thinking of them as opposed to some big ticket item um sometimes i think those are a little easier mm. um because i think there are things in that that sort of uh like i always love um uh monogram stationery things like that i make use of them i get little cards or little note notepads with my name because i use them when i send notes to people so things like that i think are, are really you know functional or um you know i i try and avoid the things that i end up with a lot of and never use which is are sort of the little bathroom gift baskets you know? <laughs> <laughs> um with you know with various smelly soaps and things that you know may not be uh like lavender gives me headaches and quite often things that are meant to be soothing have lavender and it's like oh can't use the lavender <coughs> i get a headache um so um i think some of those things if i were to say tips for myself and for others is you know some of those sort of generic little gift bags we all get too many of them and they end up sitting in a cupboard in my bathroom until I make yet another move and go, I've had this for five years in the back of a cupboard. And I feel badly that I haven't used it, but 
<laughs> I go to my go-to stuff, you know. Yeah. So th- those are the tricky ones is finding, but you know, then little, you know, food items can be fun. Um, I think those are, yeah. those are a, a fun one. If it's not, uh, you know, I think we have to be aware of unhealthy stuff because we never know who we're sending to, right. you know, and, and you don't know what someone's, um, you know, you don't want to <laughs> send sugar to the diabetic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> someone with an allergy to those yeah yeah nuts are fun but not if you're allergic so those (laughs) are always tricky (laughs) your gift sent me to the emergency room oh yeah or hello please disclose all items you know (laughs) so i don't know your socks you know should we just get back (laughs) yeah there's there's always socks It's great if people have, yeah, my brother's hard to shop with, shop for as well, you know, it's like, uh, okay. So, my, yeah, some of my family members are the toughest. <laughs> hmm. uh, tomorrow we are interviewing Michael Learned. Uh, oh, okay. Any, any uh, uh, anything that you can tell us any that, <laughs> yeah, any secrets? <laughs> um. No, she's she's a wonderful interview. Um, she's very candid. Um, she'll have to. Uh, sometimes her language gets a bit salty, so she'll have to keep that in mind. But you know, as she said, as she as she's gotten older, she forgets that she can't say that. Right. <laughs> you played Mama we, Walton. We are not. We are not the perfect Walton family all the time. <laughs> you know, we are a product of Hollywood. <laughs> But we did not get corrupted by it, so hmm. it's good news, bad news. <laughs> but I tell people, I, did, I mean, I didn't grow up in a big family. I have a small family. I grew up in the city, so anything I learned about country life and big families, I learned from the Waltons. <laughs> <laughs> from hmm. people who also didn't necessarily come from that background. <laughs> I did but thank goodness for you. Earl Hamner. <laughs> Like, did you ever want to have like ten children or a lot of children? Oh goodness, no, (laughs) never. (laughs) Yes, I'm lucky. I had one. I was like, I hope this is a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's a product of the Waltons, you know, Hmm. being like, oh, there were so many of us, and I see what the Walton family went through. Well, one thing though is you've ended up coming away with a family, absolutely, you know, secondary yeah. family like that, and that's that must be amazing. So it is, yeah. and we have each other's families as well, like our the real life families. You know, right. I have yeah. attended, yeah, uh, you know, I attended one wedding last year, and I have oh, there's another one this coming year, and so you know, we're, this is we're getting into our kids as. You know, lives and stuff now. Yeah. <laughs> well, this has just been a really interesting interview, and I've loved like learning lots more about you and the Waltons, what it was like to uh, grow up and play Mary Ellen. And I can't wait to hear your Christmas CD. And uh, I hope that um, you get all good gifts with no lavender this Christmas. <laughs> you appreciate that See, everyone knows now so yeah. <laughs> so if someone sends me lavender i'll know that they really have it in for me <laughs> <laughs> 
never liked you. Never liked Mary Ellen. She was such a brat. <laughs> Had some lavender. Special <laughs> delivery. Yeah. yeah. Anonymous. Right. <laughs> I'm not allergic. Thank goodness. I should maybe say I am. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for being here. We really appreciate it. And, uh, uh, we you're hope, welcome. Thank we you. hope you'll come back and talk to us again sometime soon. Well, yeah, we'll see if I have anything going on next year. <laughs> <laughs> if not, maybe you just want to stop by, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's my house life, yeah. Hey, yeah. You know, I went out to see my horse today, you know. Yeah. Got, got the house clean. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. We can get some more questions that we you know, talk about in the group, and we can get your ideas on them. Okay. You got it. Finally okay. took down those Christmas lights. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's probably some mandate in our in our neighborhood. Yeah. They usually are about when you have to have them down by. <laughs> right. It's like, March. Yeah, don't think of it as not taking them down. I just put them up really early right. before 2023. Yeah. <laughs> I just haven't turned them on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again. We really appreciate Thank it. Thank you, and happy holidays to both of you. Thank you. Same to you. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, or comments, you can send those to cat at iwriteplays at outlook.com, or you can write to me at backstorysessions at gmail.com, or matt at level11ventures.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.